Hello and welcome to this summer edition of Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. Today we will hear a rebroadcast of an interview I did with Sister Marie Paul Curley of the Daughters of St. Paul. We talk about Catholic apps for your phone. And Paul Bade, author and uh, researcher, historian, talks to us about his book, The Face of Christ. We will also listen to music by uh, Catholic singer-songwriter Greg Walton and from Father Robert Gallia. But we begin with Catholic apps. Are you someone who is glued to your mobile device? Do you use a Blackberry, iPhone, iPad, iTouch? Do you know that there are a ton of wonderful electronic tools that can help you in your spiritual journey? And to tell us about some of them, here is Sister Marie Paul Curley of the Daughters of St. Paul. Sister Marie Paul, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you, Pedro. It's good to be here. Yes. Now, before we start, maybe uh, people might not be familiar with the Daughters of St. Paul. Can you tell us a little bit about the, your mission or your charism? Oh, sure. Uh, yes. Um, we were founded in 1915 by Blessed James Alberione mm -hmm. in Italy to uh, evangelize culture using the media. Of course, back then we started with... Um, the very basics. I think we did new um, bulletins and newspapers, and then gradually developed our own printing presses and, and books. And one of our early um, efforts was getting a Bible in every home. Huh. And um, that uh, would, took a lot of energy from our sisters and I uh, back in those early days. Um, this was, of course, before you had a bookstore in every corner. And, hmm. um, and so it's it's been um, marvelous, though, to see the development of the media and the development also of our mission in light of the right. trying to stay current. So, but the, I guess evangelize the culture through using media. That hasn't changed. Now, just a question. So the Daughters of St. Paul, are you, is it, the, so Pauline publishers or St. Paul or like the Paulus Fathers, Paulus Publications, is that all part of the same uh Congregation. I think you've mixed a few of us together. Okay, so, so I have. <laughs> the, our community of the sisters is called the Daughters of St. Paul. Yes. And then our publishing arm, our, our missionary arm, I guess you could say, is called Pauline Books and Media. Okay. Um, like the Pauline Letters. Um, and then uh, Paulist is a wonderful community of priests who um, also, uh, their focus is evangelization, and they do a lot of evangelization with the media because... Of course, that's what we need to do in okay. the church today. Okay, okay, but you're not, it's not the same congregation. No, no. Okay, so evangelize, I guess, I guess evangelize culture using media, yes. then it makes sense that you would have moved from newsletters to books to movies to yes. apps? Yes, and we're, we're really excited about developing um, apps um, because, to be honest, it gives you so many possibilities to reach so many people, uh -huh. especially because... You know, for uh, for a book, you know, one of the main we ways that we've always distributed our materials is through our Pauline Books and Media Centers, uh -huh. and we have one right here in Toronto. But we, it's always been a bit of a challenge to reach out and to reach beyond, and the internet has just made that uh, so much easier in a way when people are really looking for good Catholic materials to nurture their faith right. life. It's a lot easier to find those materials now. Um, and apps are kind of the latest, I guess, evolution of that. Um, our founder had an interesting um, approach to the media. He used to say, uh, you know, that how powerful the print media was. Mm -hmm. And then as 
uh, as radio developed and became more popular and, t- and television and, and film, of course, I said that out of order. Um, yes. But as these different media developed, he, he used to say that the more senses that are engaged, you know, if it's sight, it's where where that, that media is powerful. But if it's sight and sound, right, uh, or if it's print and picture, he said that has a power to reach the person's heart more Interesting. easily. Interesting. Yeah. And so he really encouraged us. I mean, he himself got into making films uh, quite early um, in the nineteen late nineteen thirties, and uh, and it was one of his dreams that we could really develop that. So apps just seems to be a natural flow um, because they do lead to, I mean, there's print, there's music, at least in our applications. Yes. There's print, there's music, there's visuals. Um, yeah, there's it's in- interactive. Yeah. And, right. Um, one yeah. of the special features of most of the apps that the sisters are developing is that for many of them, they have to do, so far, we've had, a lot of them have had to do with prayer, um, especially our, our newest one, Healing Psalms and Prayers. Right. And that app allows you, once you've actually prayed the prayer, there's a little envelope in the corner, and you can click on it, and you can email to some yeah, person yeah, for I whom saw you that. Neat. Okay, you know, sister, just a note for anyone that might be joining at this time, so that they know what they're listening to. It's Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro, and we're speaking with Sister Marie Paul Curley of the Daughters of St. Paul. We're talking about Catholic apps. So, healing songs and prayers. This is the latest uh, application that the daughters have developed. Yeah. Tell us more about it. Oh, it's wonderful. I was actually praying with it during my Hour of Adoration the other day. You, really? you don't tend to think of bringing an iPhone into a chapel, but it actually can be a very powerful way of praying. Um, there's, there's psalms that are written out that you can read on the screen. Uh-huh. Um, there's also uh, prayers that are based or inspired by the psalms that are there as well. There's also music. Um, there's recorded psalms that you can listen to if, you, you know, if your eyes Just are tired listen, or if yeah. you want to pray just by listening or repeating aloud um, what the psalm is. Um, and then there's also that lovely feature that you can email it as well. Yeah. Um, and there's psalms for, for the morning and the evening, and which is kind of a natural rhythm of prayer of the church anyway. Okay. Um, so it, it becomes a, a beautiful prayer tool. And it's got a neat little images that, that it actually looks like morning or looks like evening, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's very there's, cool. There's some beautiful sunsets. It's... Um, I should scroll through the pictures while we're talking, but they, they are very uh, peaceful but also inspiring images. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a fair question because I don't know how much you know about the development of this actual app, but how much, it sounds like a lot of work goes into this to record voices or, you know, reading psalms. Uh, is that something that th- the sisters did all themselves? Oh, well, actually, we collaborated. A, a company helped us to do some of the, I think you call it the coding uh-huh. of the program itself. Yeah. But yes, actually, one of the sisters of my own community here in Toronto, uh, Sister Irene, uh-huh. uh, helped to give input uh, to develop the app. One of the other sisters um, brought in an, um, an audio, uh, a gentleman who could record the audio right. uh, because he has a beautiful reading voice and okay. we wanted something you know, really outstanding, a really beautiful quality to pray the Psalms aloud. Yes. And, and it's, uh, material is actually drawn from several books that we've published as well as original material. So it does take a lot more to put it together than, um, than something like a little pamphlet because you're, you're using all these different elements and pulling them together. But yeah. then again, you hope that uh, in that way that, that the person who's praying with this, with this application can really be touched and really you know, it can become an encounter with God. Yeah. You know, that's what we want to do is create that space on that iPhone or the iPod Touch. We want to create that space.
space where the person can encounter God. No, and that's, you know what, and that's, I mean, people are commuting, people are, so it's, it's I think it's great, uh, a great tool, um, and, and I love what you said about engaging all the senses. So if people want to access to this, uh, um, to this app, is it available through the Daughters of St. Paul, or how do you download it? Is it free? How does that work? Oh, that's really, those are really good questions. Right now, uh, the app is developed specifically with iTunes, Okay. Uh, or for iTunes. So you would need to either, you can actually get the link from our website, which I'm going to read off. It's www.pawline.org. Okay. And you just click on, there's a little button that says apps and MP3s, and you can choose which one you want to look at. Um, and then it gives you a link right to the app store that you can buy it from. And it's, this one is currently $1.99 U.S. Okay. So whatever that translates to Canadian. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and, and then you can also find more material on our, some of the other apps, okay, like the, Re- the Rosary Miracle Prayer and w- Saint Today. We have a little bit more time. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the other apps that, you've, that you either have available at, through, through the Daughters or other apps that you've found that might be neat to oh, share? Yeah, um, I'd love to. The Rosary Miracle Prayer is a beautiful app that lets you actually pick pictures that you're going to look at while you're praying the Rosary. Oh, and nice. also reflections, additional reflections if you want to you know, pray a scripture passage with every Hail Mary, or if you just want a little more material besides the little audio reflection that's offered, the sisters actually pray that rosary aloud. So it's it's a beautiful way of feeling like you're being literally joined in prayer with the sisters, which you are, because I know every sister who recorded that rosary huh. is constantly praying for the people who are praying that rosary with them, oh, um, nice. however they're doing it electronically. So that's a that's a beautiful application. Yeah. There's also some great applications for for the Mass, you know, for following yes. the readings yes. and for praying the Liturgy of the Hours. Um, I Missal has some lovely, um, has all the, all the Missal readings for mm-hmm. you when you go to Mass. I think it's Sundays and weekdays as well. Yeah. And let me think, what's, there's a, that one's re- very inexpensive, but there's also a, a more expensive one that's really, really complete. It's got the Liturgy of the Hours, of all the Hours and all the Mass readings. And that's called Universalis, and that's a great, we don't produce that, but it's a great app also to have, um, although it's, I mean, it's equivalent to buying like four beautifully bound books, oh, so <laughs> it, the price is a little bit higher. Okay, um, well, that's useful. I think uh, some yeah. people like having it all in one place, yeah. scripture readings, Liturgy of the Hours. Um, I know a lot of people who do the daily office on their iPhone. So that's great. Sister, this is very interesting. In fact, I was going to mention just in closing that there is a new new application uh, for the new English translation of the Mass. Um, So that's something else that's out there, and maybe that's something that we can talk about in another program. Anyway, Sister Marie-Paul Curley of the Daughters of St. Paul, thank you very much. Again, the website that Sister mentioned is uh, www.pauline.org, so P-A-U-L-I-N-E dot O-R-G. And Sister Marie Paul also has a blog, so you can check her out at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com. Thank you, Sister Marie Paul, for uh, speaking with us today. Thank you for having me, Pedro. It's always a joy. Yes. (laughs) God bless. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Robert Galea from his new album, Reach Out, the song Fragile Heart. You hold me now 
For too long I thought I could go along Scattered dreams All my hopes trampled on the floor Too many times before I'm hoping now You would write your name upon my paper heart Words of love to when it feels we're worlds apart Turn my life around Give me a brand new start Set my feet on solid ground You wrote your name on my fragile was our featured artist of the week, Father Robert Gallia, with Fragile Heart. If you were listening to Salt and Light Radio in May 2009, you would have heard a special concert that we aired featuring a young Maltese seminarian who was studying in Australia. At the time, Robert Gallia was best known for his participation during World Youth Day 2008. Well, Robert Gallia is now Father Robert Gallia, he was ordained to the priesthood last May, and he has a new album, Reach Out. He was in Malta last week, where we reached him on the phone. Father Robert, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. 
Thank you very much. So, um, d- I guess I should start by congratulating you. We haven't spoken since your, your ordination. So, you've recently, I guess it's not that recent anymore, but you've recently been ordained to the priesthood. Yes, I am still getting used to it. And it's, it's been a great few weeks, but um, yeah, I, I always say that the best is yet to come as I begin my ministry right. um, in Australia. So, you're in a parish in Australia? Yes, so I'm, I'm working in a parish um, called Shepparton, which is um, about two hours away from Melbourne. Okay. Um, as a as a, a curate at the moment. Okay. What does that mean? Sorry, this sound like an associate <laughs> the pastor. Curate is a, a vice parish priest, a okay. vice pastor. Yeah, here in Canada, um, we call them associate pastors. Yeah. Associate pastor. That's it. Okay. That well, that's okay. You don't want to be a full pastor yet. Make sure somebody <laughs> not yet. No, somebody else makes the all the b- all the big decisions, and you just do all the fun stuff. Exactly, exactly. Without um, the responsibility. Right. Now, uh, <laughs> but you're in Australia, but you're Maltese. So how does that work? Were you ordained yeah, for um, the... You're I started my seminary formation when I was in um, in Malta. I did my first four years in Malta. Then I went to work in Australia to gain some experience. And I just fell in love with the place. I fell in love with the people. Um, and I just knew somehow that this was my place. Um, I work in a diocese, which is which has um, about 45 parishes and 20 active priests. So um, even in my parish, we look after three mass centers. So oh, really? It's, gu- it's quite busy, yeah. It's been, it keeps us quite busy. So is uh, 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 here in Canada, that, those, that, that diocese would be probably a mission diocese. Are they called mission diocese in that they don't have, you don't have enough priests uh, or enough wealth? No, I, thi- I think it would hurt a lot of people's pride to say that. But in, in actual uh. fact, yes, it is a mission diocese. Yeah. Um, the vocations are, are lacking very much. Okay, so you're you're kept busy now. How does how does your music fit into your new ministry as a priest? Yeah, um, I think the role of a priest um, is to to proclaim the gospel, to te- to tell the gospel to the to the people of God. And um, I, one of my main roles is to speak to the hearts of the people and to speak the um, to proclaim the gospel in a way that people can understand. And I don't see any better means than than using music to, to proclaim the gospel because music is the language of the heart. It transcends the mind, goes beyond the mind, and goes straight into the heart. Do you find and, that... Um, I use music um, to emphasize what I'm already saying and doing through my ministry. I always say I'm first a Christian, then I am a priest, and then only then right. am I a musician. Right. Do you, do you find that because you're young and because you're a musician, you end up doing a lot of stuff for youth? I do, yes. Um, I'm, I tend to work a lot in schools and in, in a high-security um, prison, juvenile prison oh, really? in Australia. Really? And I use music in, in that way. For example, I'd go into a, a prison um, group and I'd start speaking and people wouldn't pay attention. Then oh, hold on a second. Let's see if we can stop. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, th- then I'd go to... Um, and they wouldn't pay attention. And then I'd go to um, another, I'd pick up the guitar, just start singing, and all of a sudden, they're all ready to pay attention. Right, right. It's just and amazing, because it's, it's a language that they can understand. And so, so, absolu- so even if, so you're talking about the prison or the school or both? Yeah, I think it's both. Sometimes I wonder which is worse, the prison or the school. Right, right. <laughs> so you find it's that... W- um, it, it doesn't just work... Um, 
sometimes people are, within a prison there is some sense of of discipline within a school somehow people are rebellious and continue to be rebellious right but it's um i i love working in schools i love the rebellious teens at the back of the class for example because they're the first to listen once the music is played right right now just a note for anyone joining the program at this time you're listening to salt and light radio i'm pedro guevara man we're speaking to a featured artist of this week father robert galea um you, you're just telling us about uh you know that, that kid in the back row and and I think that you you probably like those kids because you can relate to them in a way, right? Yes, I can. I can. I spent a lot of years, um, sort of, in in rebellion at time where I didn't want to listen to the gospel. I didn't want to listen. Didn't want to have anything to do with church, church or, or, or with God, yeah. for that matter. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until this this man um, in the middle of a prayer meeting started to talk about God in a way I had never understood. It was just. Um, and from that moment, I decided to turn my life around. He right. spoke about God as as a friend, and this is the the heart of my message. This is the heart of of the gospel, actually. That we don't need to be afraid of God. God is not there to take things away from us, but to bless us, to to help us enjoy life and live life to the full. Right, and you'd say, so so you'd you'd say that even through your music, that's the main message. Yes, I think, especially um, my latest album, which I've just released speaks about that. It's called Reach Out. And it's, yep. it's about um, reaching out to God who's already reaching out to us, that God is not as far away as we think. You know, I've spent so much time with suffering teenagers, and so often they end, in, end up in a place of desperation because they don't, think, they don't have anyone to reach out to. They don't even, in such an individualistic nation as Australia, they have no one to, to, to cry out to when they're in need. Mm-hmm. And so from the age of 13 to 35, there's a, there's a, there's a sort of a an increase in the rate of suicide, for example, because there's a, they, f- they are trying to reach out to something, but uh, nothing seems to, to be working for them. Right, so this right. album is about sort of reach, uh, the main song says, reach out to the hand that is longing to save you, that's already reached out towards you. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a great image that the God that loves us so much, he's already there. We just need to uh, accept it. Um, were you always, uh, I guess you were always involved in music? even though you were going through a period of rebellion, as you, but you were always involved in music growing up? No, I, I picked up the guitar and started playing music when I was about 17 oh, years really? old. Oh, really? I, I didn't play music before. I'm a self-taught musician in a sense. Um, yeah. But um, music always... I always loved listening to music, let's put it that way. And I was okay. always the first to learn the lyrics of a song before all of my friends. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, somehow music... Uh, calm me down and um, there were times I used to be so angry to slam the door of my room and put on my Metallica CD full blast and just spend hours just listening and yeah, allowing myself to get lost in the music, sometimes in the wrong kind of music. But yeah, so you were already you were already back in the faith when you picked up the guitar. Yes, I was. I was. It. I had just started sort of my conversion, um, walking with God, and I picked up the guitar and I started to, to. Copy basically. I started to copy musicians I used to see on on MTV and other television music television stations. Right. Do and um, and then before I knew it, I started to listen to Christian music and I started playing that and uh-huh. eventually started praying and um, playing my music in church and in stuff. prayer meetings. Yeah. Nice. Now, um, do you see a connection then be- between the the music and your your conversion? Um, I do. Yes, because. Somehow people can express, um, sometimes prayer, 
we need to open our hearts to God. And sometimes yeah. we, we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. And I believe that music helped me in that. It helped me say things that, that words couldn't say. It helped me um, cry when I couldn't cry. It helped me um, sort of try try and reach out to God when I couldn't reach out. Right, 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 right. Um, and and, and uh, this is, Reach Out is your fourth album? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. It is, if it's you include the Divine Mercy Chapel. Yes, thing. yes. Which, by the way, it's I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I actually managed to tell you or got to tell you, but I, I did. I love it. It's very good. It's very well done. <laughs> so here's a plug for Robert Galea's Divine Mercy Chaplet. Um, actually, a plug for all his music. Uh, he's got four albums. Uh, the latest one, Reach Out. If you were in Malta the uh, last week, you, you, you would have had the chance to go to uh, one of his concerts. Uh, and if you're in Australia, certainly uh, look him up. Um, yeah. Hopefully we can have you back in Canada one day soon, Rob. Yes, I hope to com be coming later this year. Um, oh, later in um, 2011, that is. Oh, excellent, excellent. And and maybe hopes for Madrid? Yes. World Youth Day? I'll be there in Madrid too, on a, on a hopefully a small stage, because last time I think I was a bit overwhelmed a by a the big stage. A little too big. Anyway, Robert, Father Robert, um, nice to chat with you. That's all the time we have, but it's been great to connect with you and to uh, to allow our listeners to learn a little bit more from you. And uh, we're going to actually, we're going to play Reach Out so that people can get to hear that one song, the title track of the new album. So thank you very much. Thanks and God bless. That was Father Robert Gallia. I spoke to him last week while he was in Malta for a new album release concert. You can find out more about him and his music at his website, thatsworship.com. Here now is Father Robert Gallia from his new album, Reach Out, with the song, Stronger. I know what goes up must come down, but your love defies gravity. I know... What goes around comes around, but your grace lifts me to higher ground. To higher ground, yeah. They say, where there's a will, there is a way, and you say you
invade my mind state Concentrate the light waves Holy Spirit guide me Make the earth vibrate Fighting for the willing power Get strong Feelings change into sound Through the song You are all I need I will always succeed The chess piece For God to enable his deeds I pray for the strength To increase each day Disintegrate the obstacles And show me the way Visit the magnificent Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Walk in the footsteps of St. Bernadette in Navarre. Experience Perret le Monial through the Chapel of the Visitation and the Basilica of the Sacred Heart. And enjoy the famous food and wine of the region. Hello, bienvenue, welcome to Blessed Journeys France. As a friend of Salt and Light, take advantage of this trip that's been especially planned for you. Your participation will support the work of the Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. For further details, including a full itinerary, sign-up sheet, and more, visit saltandlighttv.org slash blessedjourneys or call us at 1-888-302-7181. Bon voyage. Most of you have heard of the Holy Shroud or the Shroud of Turin. This is the cloth that has imprinted the image of a man who suffered torture and crucifixion. Many believe that it is the burial shroud of Jesus. Now, there is a book titled The Face of God, which makes the claim that a cloth that has been in a Franciscan parish in the town of Manopello, Italy for 400 years is the sudarium or the face cloth with which Jesus was buried. This cloth also has a face imprinted on it. Historian, journalist, and author Paul Batty is the author of The Face of God, The Rediscovery of the True Face of Jesus. I spoke to him last week while he was in the United States. Paul Batty, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Um, can yeah. you briefly tell us what The Face of God or this cloth of Manopello is about? To tell the truth, it's the most precious relic the Church had and still has. It has been forgotten for, let's say, 500 centuries, uh -huh. more or less, but it has been uh, gotten away from the public, but it uh, survives in the l as a local relic in a little remote little village in eastern Italy. It uh, survived unharmed and still is there in all its glory, its majesty, and everybody can come to see it. It's, it's yeah. just, it corresponds, it's you could call it the second cloth of the tomb of um, of tomb of the risen Christ. You know when John yeah. and Peter, when they very yeah. early in the morning went to the empty the grave, yes. to the empty tomb, they found the tomb was not completely empty. Yes. There were cloths in there. Uh -huh. They found the cloth. One of the cloths is the shroud of Turin, certainly. Yes. And the other one is the napkin, which has been laid unfolded a part of the of the shroud. And this is it. It so is the napkin, the very napkin from the so this tomb is the of Christ and it shows him and it is a, mirac a miracle it shows the 
because nobody knows how this image came into being. It is technically impossible. There's no traces of paint on it. It's as surely as miraculous, unexplicable as Our Lady of Guadalupe. Interesting. As you know, there's no yeah. color either on it. And it is uh, the most breaking news you can <laughs> get across with. I mean, okay. that's this this phase has come back to history it's yeah. come back to our time only uh, 14 years ago the curtain has been taken away from it the villagers there they uh -huh. haven't been aware of what they had and okay. but here it is and now the crucial point for this um, veil was the see, the first of september 2006 when, when Pope, benedict pope benedict in his first journey to uh, in within italy came to see it so he, he had read, uh, read my book in fact Oh yeah, and then he said, "I decide." Yeah. So how did you how did you become acquainted with the cloth? What sort of prompted you to find out more? Uh, I became. I've been invited. I've been always interested in the, in the shroud of Turin. Yeah. And did some research there. Wrote a lot of articles there and uh, read all the, the the most important books. Met many scholars. Have been in Turin. And then one day in Turin, for the first time, somebody. Not one day. When I first had encountered myself for the very first time in my life, the Shroud of Turin itself, which is an overwhelming experience. Yeah. If you are there and see this, the Lord and all his majesty, but wounded, dead yeah. laying there in front of your eyes. Yes. That very evening, we were, we were invited in Congress, scholars in a, in a remote little castle out of Torino, and then one professor told me, look, he said, then the other corner, the, the German professor, he claims, that another image would exist huh. and uh, i mean he was introduced as a as a cracked a crazy german professor and was for me easy to follow up with this i mean yeah. after this overwhelming experience meeting for the first time the shroud in person and then having having somebody around you says there's something more beautiful exists and some more authentic or as authentic exists was just not on my map it was not on my mind and i've it's as it is today. It is completely unexpected. Nobody has heard about it before. Right. So I thought, yes, uh, this man must be right. This It can not It can only be a, a crazy German professor. That's it. Right. But then the, the story turned, took many uh, different ways. Yeah. yeah. Now, just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this time. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. We're speaking with uh, historian and journalist Paul Bade about the uh, the face cloth of Christ, the cloth of Manopelo. Now, you obviously feel as strong about this cloth as you do about the Shroud of Turin. There's been a lot of research done on the Shroud of Turin. Have the same types of research been done on the Manopelo cloth in terms of uh, electron microscope and 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 blood uh, tests and all that stuff. Sort of, sort of them because uh, one thing it has been thoroughly uh, in the thoroughly um, thorough research has been made on it, but with one exception, it is sealed now for 400 years within two panes of of crystal and uh, and the frame. It hasn't been taken out. It's really sealed in this frame. It has okay. been taken out of this for 400 years and. Uh, the monks, uh, the Capuchin monks, they are not in a hurry to do um, to let anybody push them. They said, "Now we had it for 400 years here. Now uh, the technology is wrapping so fast. I mean, now we can do so much uh, with non-invasive um, researches. Right. Uh, we couldn't. Now we find out. I mean, with the digital uh, science, if you can find out that much, we, we couldn't find out with the most cruel researches. Uh, let's say 20, 50 years ago, we said." Well, let's wait. In 10 years, we won't know much more. But 
what has been found out is that this sea silk, the most precious fabric of the uh, of the ancient times, uh-huh. and uh, which it does, which just impossible to paint upon. Right. So this is no paint, but it is it's not a photo either. I mean, it's just far too old. Yeah, and it's so course. beautiful, and it is. It has the impression, gives the impression of a, of a living image. Yeah. And then again, the Cavachins know they say we could uh, have researches from one way to the other in all measurable ways, but it wouldn't bring nobody to the faith of the, um, the God became man that he resurrected. Right. Like said, th- th- on a different level, yes. yeah. Now, you say one of the tests that has been done or one of the research that has been done is that they've overlaid transparencies of the face of the cloth with the Shroud of Turin and that it's, it, it's a perfect match? Uh, because yes, that, that's, that's true. And uh, this, for instance, you can only do today. I mean, only today you can put them and you, you could have made copies uh, let's say 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but now with the, the digital techniques, you can you can bring them together. And in, um, in cyberspace, you can open a laboratory, you can bring them to the, together. Yeah. And then the fir- f- the, um, the, they form a perfect match. Not only that, I mean, they show the sa- very same person, they show, in fact, Jesus of Nazareth, uh-huh. but with, with two complete, completely different images. The Shroud of Turin shows a dead man, uh-huh completely in all his majesty and all his serenity with, yeah. top, with all the wounds and you show him upside from both sides the whole the whole body with all with all the wounds they show much more wounds than we even know of About, them from yes. the gospels yeah and on this linen and then the other this beautiful fine fine veil it's uh, it's not it's a living man with open eyes with an open mouth he's sort of breathing First uh-huh. impression I had when I had when the, when the first left is so this is somebody uh, who just wakes up and he opens his eyes and his mouth is open in a way as would if he would form an A an A as Abba as if he would say in right Father right Abba. now some people um, have said that maybe that this cloth would have been the cloth that with which Veronica wiped the face of Jesus but you're sure that it's not that it's actually the face cloth used for burial purposes. It, yeah, but yes and no. I mean, I'm positive sure that it is the face cloth from the tomb. But this, it had, on the course of history, it had many, many names. Now today, it's called in Italy, in Manopello, Volto Santo, which uh-huh. says it's uh, the holy face. Then, for some time, it had uh, the name of Veronica, but Veronica in itself is, says Vera Icon. Yeah, true icon. Vera is Latin, Icon is Greek, the true image. The true image, the true image. yes. Then before that, it has been called in the East Mandulion, or the image of Abgar, or the four-folded ones, uh-huh. or the not made by man's hand. So I would say there are at least five, six, seven, eight names which come to my mind easily, but all for the same object. Because right. people had to think about how th- this came into being. They didn't really know, I mean, where it came from. But the first name is uh, Sudarion. That is um, the expression which... John mentioned in the gospel. Yes. Sudarion. That means um, Sudar, you have pseudo in it. I mean, sweat. It's a, yeah, it's it a, is sweat. a sweat. But it's just, just an expression. The expression is fail, uh, fail a face cloth, yeah. Yes, well, it was, but it was far too fine to, to take any sweat or blood or whatever. Right. But this was, but what I'm saying is, people did not know what it was along the, uh, this, only today we can, of our broader knowledge, of the yeah. we see all the documents. It is right. a document, and people did not know where it came from, so they already, all, all the time they had to make up their mind which miracle could have brought this into being. From that, 
they have the, um, the veil of the Veronica. They called Veronica too. Yes. Now I'm just curious quickly. So why was it kept? Why ha was it kept that nobody knew that the monks had it for 400 years? Was it just because they didn't want people yes. to know, or that, no? That's no. That's easy because it used to be the main attraction for St. Peter's Church in, uh, in Rome. The main attraction. This veil, the image of God, um, attracted mi literally pilgrims, millions of pilgrims to Rome. Yeah. Well, Paul, f uh, it's a fascinating story. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you for being part of Salt and Light Radio. Thank you, Peter. That was a conversation with journalist and historian Paul Bade, author of The Face of God, The Rediscovery of the True Face of Jesus. The book is available through Ignatius Press, and you can find out more at ignatius.com. We'll put a link to that on our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And here now is Greg Walton with his song, Tune of Ignorance. Every morning I go running out my door Step into the car and put the pedal to the floor I have no time for the sick or for the poor It seems enough to skip through my day When I get home I put my feet into my bed Pull the sheets up to my chin Comfort pillow to my head But I cannot sleep I hear the streets crying in their dread Yeah, I can hear them say Well, until we step out in the street and spread our love to everyone we meet and what we do more than in what we say. And as the world goes round, the world religions fight over who is in the wrong and who is in the right. Our children singing all our precious in a sight while we look the other way. Wide awake And we won't fall 
Listening to Salt and Light Radio, heard on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann, and that was just Greg Walton with his song, Tune of Ignorance. Now, almost 10 years ago, I was lucky enough to travel to Arkansas to be part of John Michael Talbot's 25th anniversary. It was a great gathering of Catholic artists from all over, and, well, it was also a bit of a retreat, and so we had to share rooms, and my roommate was this young man a lay member of John Michael's Brothers and Sisters of Charity. He's also a very talented singer and songwriter. Um, Fast forward to last August in Calgary, where I reconnected with Greg Walton as he received five awards. And, well, Greg joins me now on the phone from Nashville, Tennessee. Greg, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thanks, Pedro. Yeah, did I get it right? (laughs) Did I get it right? Um, Roommates, 20... uh, Ten years ago? I think so, yeah. Like, Gosh, um, I, I can't believe time has flown by that fast. I know. It's been good, and, and you've been busy. Um, yeah. I, you know, I want to start with this whole, uh, I said it, it's, it's, you're a lay member, but that's not really what it is. As a domestic, you and your wife, as domestics uh, with the right. Brothers and Sisters of Charity, can you, can you explain that? Sure, yeah. Um, the Brothers and Sisters of Charity is a public association of the faithful. Um, uh-huh. Founded by John Michael Talbot in 1979, yeah. uh, and so we're a newer community. And John had a vision of um, trying to make uh, monastic life um, and consecrated life more approachable to the modern culture. So uh-huh. our expression uh, is not just monastic. Uh, we have the domestic expression, which is a little different then I think third order or associate orders, because we're um, on equal footing with the monastic expression. But you don't live in a in the monastery. I mean, you don't live in. The no, hermitage. we don't. Yeah, the, that's the the domestic expression is for those who feel called to the spirituality of the community, which is uh, Franciscan, and then we also integrate the Benedictine rule uh-huh. into our daily lives, trying to have a balance between work and prayer, and. Uh, so for those of us who feel called to that spirituality but don't feel called to monastic life, we we live out that spirituality out of our own homes. And you know? you so we all have, we keep our jobs, you know, and but we meet weekly for prayer uh, and study. Um, we go to, we have regional gatherings. Uh, we have about six regions in the United States um, uh, that... Uh, and right. regional ministers for each of those areas. And do you do um, you do you yeah. follow the rule of Benedict in your own home? Like, how does right. that work? Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we uh, the um, uh, liturgy of the hours is our common prayer, uh-huh. and uh, we uh, pray the three pillars on a daily basis: so morning, evening, night prayer. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, as far as how we interpret that 
Benedictine rule as far as uh, you know keeping an, a balance between spirituality and 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 work in our lives um, and integrating those two things together is uh, is a little looser you know for us in the domestic expression we kind of have the freedom to determine that for ourselves right uh, whereas for a monastic celibate it it's a lot is already decided on how that that works out right. you know, by the community. So and it because it's yeah. not just you and your wife but it's you, you guys you have five children, right? We have five children, right? So, and they're part and, of um well they're not in the community um okay. but so for us it's more of a ministry of presence um but you know my daughter uh loved to crawl up on my lap, you know and and do the liturgy with me once yeah. in a while, you know, or yeah. something like that. Uh, so, right. yeah. So, yeah, uh, so, I mean, they might not be uh, a part of the order, but in, 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 in a way it's very much part of their lives because it's, it is. it's your home. Right. Um, uh, just, and at the National Gathering, we had NET Ministries out okay. to um, do the youth program, you know, and, and right. it was... Right. Uh, Really great. Um, we also do a thing called FOP, um, which is a, a praise, uh, a festival of praise that uh, in the North Central region and the Chicagoland area, particularly, uh, they get together. The youth get together regularly on a monthly basis and, okay. and have a you know, have praise and worship. And so there's stuff. obviously something yeah. for them because most domestics, I would presume, have children. So. Um, just to note for anyone that, that is joining the program now, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro. We're speaking with our featured artist of the week, Greg Walton. Just uh, just one last question about about the uh, the uh, being a domestic. So you, you, to the point of making your final professions. So you've you and your wife have just mm-hmm. made your permanent profession. So just just as you would if you were uh, in a monastic order. I mean, right, you are in a right. monastic order. <laughs> yeah, we we. Um we make a promise uh, to, uh, uh, to poverty, chastity, and obedience. Huh. Um, and uh, of course, you know I'm married, but yeah, the idea is, is uh, marriage, yeah. following the church's teaching on on marriage and sexuality. Yeah, you know, NFP. Um, and then um, for uh, poverty, you know, we focus as domestics on simplicity of life. You know, trying not to be extravagant. Um, Right. And trying to simplify, uh, you know, material things so that um, they're recognized as gifts and they're not something that right. controls us. You well, know, y- y- you are a yeah. Catholic singer songwriter, so you've already living the life of poverty. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, that's funny because, uh, yeah, you know, being a a lay minister, yeah, it kind of forces me into that simplicity. You know many years although my wife is an audiologist so she just went back to work so now oh, yeah. all of a sudden we we have uh we have a little more money than we're used to and and it's weird <laughs> you know? right right but uh so, so that brings some new challenges with it you know because yeah. you're like oh we can have this this and this and this and we're like well yeah well you're you know s- still called to do the we need that, that yeah that, no that's you know? that's good i think we're all it's it's a great yeah. witness to all of us um i was looking at your website and and you you call yourself you know you're a keynote speaker singer songwriter composer retreat leader worship leader and a renaissance yeah. man where, where, why a renaissance man where does that come from well, that, that comes. I, it's like I, uh, Billy I didn't Joel. put that on there. Okay. Um, but <laughs> that's but, your answer. <laughs> no, that's not my answer, though. 
I, I would say that what my what the my promotional team, Allie and Bill at Alby Entertainment, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they like to tease me, and I think they're trying to say a jack of all trades. Okay, uh, okay. Um, that I, you know, I try my best to to be all things to everybody, and uh, and I have I love to teach. You know, I've had about six years' experience teaching theology at the high school at the Catholic high school in Nashville. Yeah, Father Ryan. Um, and uh, uh, also my background is in music education, and uh-huh. so uh, I found that you know God just has a way of taking your your experiences and integrating them in such a way that they, uh, He uses them to bear fruit. And and for some, you know He, um, uh, what I love about I guess this part of my life right now is that uh, for a little while I guess I should say in the past it was all music, you mm-hmm. know, and I always enjoyed teaching and when i got an opportunity to do it to teach the faith to catechize you know i thought wow man i wish i could do more of that mm-hmm. and and so now we're at a point where we've tried to integrate all of those together um and uh and so that's uh that's really the point we're trying to to, to communicate and and also we're trying to be a one-stop shop <laughs> if we right. can you yeah, know yeah. for for dioceses on smaller budgets or churches on smaller budgets, right? They can just people bring don't you realize in, yeah. that I could teach, yeah, and do pastoral music yeah. and be their entertainer, you yeah. know. Do, um, so, do, you know, that's you, what we're doing. Um, when you talk about yeah. integrating, do you do you see your music as as catechetical or, or teaching? Because I listen to the, the song. I mean, we've just heard two of your songs, and and they, yeah. I, I mean, they don't. I mean, unless I suppose I can look at listen to the lyrics in, in detail, but I mean, they don't sound like they're big theological, you know, statements or anything. But uh, no, are they? you know, well, in tune of ignorance. Yeah. You know what we've done is developed a program called Ignorance Is Not Bliss, uh-huh. and it highlights the. Um, huh. The seven points of Catholic social teaching, you know. Right. So I use the song as a theme song, which ideologically, you know, it's about you know social action and, and awareness of those in need. So thematically, I can integrate it with that. Um, uh, but most of my songs, you're right. You know, they're not preachy in, in the idea of trying to teach um, theological concepts, but they harmonize with with my catechesis in a way right. that, that they hopefully reinforce it and also give the kids an opt- a fun way to express the ideas that I've been communicating, you know. Right. Now, we have about 30 seconds, but I don't want to let you go before, because you have three albums, but I know you're working on uh, on some new projects. So tell us a bit about, about what you're working on. Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, the next project that we we're working on, I'd like to, uh, right now, my t- title that I'd like to do is Ignorance is Not Bliss. Uh, where that's a great Ignorance title. Would yeah. Be, yeah. Uh, the title track. And, uh, and a lot of the songs I have are, are more reflective on um, kind of the, the, the state of, of things in the world right now. Mm. Um, frustration with economics and a lot of things that have, I think, grown out of my my journey and and everybody else's journey over the last you know several years and uh and so there's it, it says a lot more i think on a social justice level and and so this project will uh, reflect that i think well that sounds really yeah. exciting um let us know when it's when it's ready and out so we can have you back on the show and we can talk some more i love that the idea of ignorance is not bliss. Um, thank you so much, Greg, for joining us today. It's been really good to uh, reconnect with you and to speak to you today. 
Yeah, sure. You too, Pedro. God bless Salt and Light and all, the go- all that you're doing up there. Thank you. That all was- right. That was Greg Walton, our featured artist of the week. You can get more information and, and purchase his music. Find out more about Ignorance Is Not Bliss and his other albums at gregwalton.com. We'll put that link up on our webpage as well, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Here now is Greg with another of his songs, King of My Heart. Fill me, I'm an empty vessel. Make me whole. King of my heart King of my heart Fill me I'm an empty vessel Make me whole King of my heart King of my heart You are That's it for this week's summer edition of Salt and Light Radio. Remember that you can stream or podcast this show at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And you can also send us emails to radio at saltandlighttv.org. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been the summer edition of Salt and Light Radio. Bread of life, blessed and broken, make us whole. King of